0: We are, uh, today, today was kind of an off Sunday, and it kind of fell a, a little differently because we've been doing this series for quite a while entitled Living the New Commandment and talking about the new commandment, which is Jesus gave us this new commandment, which is to love one another as, as He loves us, so to love one another. We've been talking about this for quite some time, and last week was a different Sunday. Because we didn't meet um, and we spread out uh, through different areas around the church and also another place over in the Monte Vista area to serve God. And, and so today would have been a great day to start a new series as it is the first Sunday of Advent. Um, for those of you that follow the liturgical calendar, today is the first Sunday of Advent. The Christmas season has arrived. Um, I, uh, was on my roof yesterday, uh, putting up my Christmas lights. Uh, we set up our Christmas tree. It's a new house that we're in. So I had to redo the whole schematic. If you've been here for any length of time, you know that I take my holiday lighting seriously. And I call it Christmas lighting, by the way. And, uh, so wasn't happy with the tree. It could have bumped me out after we got the tree all set up. And I was just, I wasn't happy with the lights. It's a pre-lit tree, which in theory is a good idea. But to rely on some small Chinese child to light your tree for you is just wrong. Oh, no, that was bad. That was bad. Um, so, uh, you know, the Christmas spirit, we're all excited about it. And we have this great uh, Christmas series that's coming up. But there just, uh, there wasn't a stamp on this living the new commandment. Uh, there there wasn't like a, you know, Carrie's Strug. Anybody? Okay. There wasn't a landing. There wasn't, you know, anything that's just like, Ugh! okay, now go out there and do it. So, so, we're, we're starting a Festivus next week. And the Festivus, if you don't know, comes from, um, most modernly known from the Seinfeld Show. It's Seinfeldian in theology from, uh, Frank Costanza, George's father. And, uh, if you know Seinfeld and love Seinfeld, um, it is a pretty funny episode, but we'll get into that next week. And so we will be having the Festivus, traditional Festivus feast, um, next Sunday morning. But, but today I wanted to finish the new commandment thing, because I think it's so important and so imperative for all of us to get to live the new commandment and to go out into the world and to live the new commandment. I think it's so important that we take that to heart and take it to become a part of who we are that I wanted to finish today. Last week, we, for those of you that didn't go with us, we didn't meet here. What we did is we met over at the coffee shop, the foundry, and we gathered together and we had some coffee and some pastries and such. And, and then we walked just a short, uh, couple of blocks around the corner, um, For those of you that were there know that I'm lying completely. They told us, it was like, oh, it's just right around the corner. It it was like two miles. And I said, y'all walk, I'll meet you there. And I was driving, I was like, oh man, I can't pass them. So I was driving really slowly behind them (laughs) so that they wouldn't know. So we get over to this place called the Respite Care Center. And what it is, is a place that takes care of uh, special needs children and uh, special needs children who've been abused or special needs children who uh, need a, a foster home. And they have two big houses. one is just tremendously large, just beautiful, huge uh house, and then another is across the street, also a big house, not nearly as big but And that's where these kids live and So what we did is we went over there and we decorated their house for christmas we uh We put up tons of garlands and wreaths and lights and a big Christmas tree, and then did the same thing over at the other house, which is kind of transitional house form. And then the kids that went with us played in the backyard, which by the way, if you ever have a chance to go there, it's the coolest backyard ever. I mean, wow, it's awesome. It's like the entire floor of the backyard, entire ground is like this squishy foam cork, uh, wonderful thing. Like if anybody falls, you like, like it so much, you just keep falling. You know, I mean, it's real squishy and wonderful and it's a great backyard. And so the kids went out and they played with their kids there. And then we had a pizza party and cake afterwards. And It was a great experience. It was a great experience for for me personally, and I'm sure it was for everyone who was there, to just do something. To just be in the world and to help. You know, that's a big part of loving one another, is by serving them. Jesus says, you know, "I, I didn't come to this world to be served. I came to serve. And if we're to live our life like Christ, we are to go into the world and serve one another and to love one another. That is loving them by serving them. You need a handout? Here you go. You need some help? Here you go. I mean, they probably could have decorated the house themselves. But it probably took a lot of pressure and a lot of time away from their uh, their other responsibilities for us just to go and do that. So I, I encourage you to, to continue last Sunday. You know, if you were here, you, you wrapped presents and you bagged food and you got things together to go out across the, the community this, this Christmas season. Just I encourage all of you. To, to go into this world and, and, and not lose that vision of being the hands and feet of Jesus in this world. Today, however, I want to talk about something that has been burning on my mind for a long time, on my heart, on my mind for a long time. And it, and and I was going to pass this Sunday up, but it was like, Mm-mm. don't do it. Have Have you ever been told by somebody that you're living life the wrong way? Has anybody ever come up to you and said, you shouldn't be doing that? Anybody come up to you and said, you know, I really think the way you live your life is bad. I I really can't believe that you're doing this. Okay, apparently I'm the only one who's ever had anybody, any Jiminy Cricket um, in my life. Or I'm the only one that's ever lived a life worthy of such a a statement. But, you know, I've had people come up to me and go, what are you doing with your life? Where are you going? What are you doing? And a lot of times I, I will take offense to it and I get defensive. My first posture a lot of times is defense. When somebody comes up to me and they say something to me critically... A lot of times after sermons, when people come up to me and criticize my sermon and say something about my sermon, I go, oh, yeah, you want to take this outside? I don't say that, but that's in my mind. You know, like, dude, I have a master's of divinity. Walk away. You know, I, you know, I'm the pastor here. You're not. Sit down, be quiet, and let's just all go about our business. A lot of times that's my first response is to is to bow up. But then I have to I have to take myself out of it, and I have to think about it, and I have to realize that, well, maybe I don't always agree with what they say. Sometimes, probably more than I like to imagine, God is speaking through those things. Sometimes, a lot of times, God is saying, listen to this. Listen to this. Correct your life. Correct the way you think. Correct the way you talk. Correct the way you live. That admonishment that comes from a brother or sister in Christ. If you have your Bibles, open up to Colossians chapter 3. Excuse me, I apologize. I'll probably be coughing a lot. My wife was sick on Wednesday and I made fun of her. I said, it's just allergies. Get over it. You just don't want to go hang out with the family for Thanksgiving, blah, 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 blah. And so last night it just hits me hard and I'm like, I'm sorry, forgive me. You're a wonderful woman. Um, Colossians chapter 3, verse 16. Let the words of Christ and all their richness live in your hearts and make you wise. Use his words to teach and counsel each other. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say, let it be as a representative of the Lord Jesus, all the while giving thanks through him to God the Father. Paul is giving advice, instruction to the people of Colossae. And we used this earlier on in this series, a few verses up, we use Colossians three. He's telling you how to live your life, live, live your life in with patience and tender-hearted mercy and caring. And then he comes down to this section. He says, teach one another, teach one another, counsel one another. A lot of translations will say admonish for that word, admonish one another. So one of our duties as a brother or sister in Christ, as a believer in Jesus is to teach one another. It's not just my job to teach about God. It's all of our jobs. Every single one of us who is a believer in Jesus Christ, we have a responsibility to teach each other because there may be a lot of times when I read through the scripture and I completely miss something and I get up here and I preach about it. And somebody comes up to me and goes, you know, have you ever thought, it th- thought about it this way? Wow. You know, actually, no. There may be a lot of times in my life when I'm just living my life and I, and I have these people that I look at for uh, examples of how I want to be when I'm an older Christian man. And, and I look at these guys and I see how they live their life and they treat their spouse and they treat their kids and they treat their work. And I go, wow, I need to kind of change some things that I'm doing because that's that's where I want to go. And I know what I'm doing right now isn't getting me there. It is all of our jobs and all of our duties to teach one another, to teach one another how to lead a more Christian life, to, lead, to teach one another how to be more like Christ. But what does he say? How does he start this little section right here? He says, let the words of Christ in all the richness live in your hearts and make you wise. There's the key. That's the key right there. Let the words of Christ dwell inside of you. Let the words of Christ dwell inside of you. You know, I, I think if I had the words of God dwelling inside of me, that it wasn't it wasn't a chore. It wasn't like, okay, when I wake up in the morning, I try to think, how can I be better and more like Christ today? That it would just be natural. And when somebody comes up to me and they admonish me or they criticize me or they give me some counsel, I don't get defensive all of a sudden because the word of God is dwelling in my heart and I can hear When God speaks to me, when I have an opportunity to speak into someone else's life, I know when the right time is. Let the Word of Christ dwell inside of you. You I've said this time and time again from here. How often are you in the Word? How often are you spending time with God? How do you get to know God? Well, he gave us a pretty good way. How often are you reading the text? How often are you going through the Bible? You've heard me say this uh, before that Ray Vanderlyn, a, a Bible teacher that a lot of us listen to and respect, says that he was told at a young age in his Christian faith, how can you believe in Christ if you're not constantly reading his story? How can you say that you're a believer in Jesus Christ if you're not constantly reading through the gospel story? Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Yeah, there's other stuff in the Bible and you should be reading that too, but how can you believe in Jesus Christ? How can the words of Christ dwell inside of you if you don't read them? If you don't truly let them become a part of you. I don't know if y'all are like me. I'm very musically oriented. I love music. I love songs. I love listening to, to music. You you probably know that I was a, a musical theater minor in college. Deal with it. I was a musical theater minor in college and and so I love musicals. I I, I love listening to uh to Broadway shows and and things and I, and I love going to them any chance I can. And and, and there's a, a lot of songs and a lot of uh, Broadway tunes and and shows that if you start me on one word, boom, I got the whole show for you. You know, like you're a good man, Charlie Brown. Anybody ever seen that uh, musical? Yeah, there you go. Awesome one. You should see it. It is great. I love that. And I constantly, in my mind, you know, as I'm just walking along, it'll, a song will pop into my head. And then I start, you know, I don't, you know y'all know, you won't know, but it's just in my head. And I'll maybe whistle it or something like that. And I just go to town on these words because I've sung them so often in Christmas songs. Oh, yeah. Dude, I love me some Christmas tunes, right? I mean, how many of you like Bing Crosby? Christmas isn't Christmas without being Crosby, right? White Christmas. Yeah, it's the, I think the most recorded song ever, White Christmas, at least it was at one point. Great song. Daryl didn't do it on a CD. I don't know why, but it's a great song. And I love it, and I love those words. And when Christmas comes around, you just, a little spring in your step, and you start singing all these songs, and they start coming out of nowhere, and you just remember them. Because it's been over and over and over again. Because every Christmas you hear white Christmas at least a thousand times. Every Christmas you see the movie, it's a wonderful life. Teacher says every time a bell rings, an angel gets its wings. Y'all remember that line from the movie, right? Why? Because you've seen the movie a lot. How cool would it be? To have the words of Christ dwell in you so richly and wonderfully that if somebody starts saying a line of scripture, you can jump in and finish the book. You're like, oh, come on, Crocker. It's it's the Bible. How am I going to do that? Read it. Let it become a part of who you are. Let it become who you are. Read the words. I've been reading through 2 Chronicles recently. Oh, you know, Second Chronicles, it's all that he begot, he begot, blah blah, 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 blah. All the names. I try to pronounce the names, and there comes a point where I just forget that and move on. I just read through them really quickly. You know, and it just goes through my mind like that, and I have no idea what I'm saying, but then I get read through the text. Read through the Bible, let it become who you are. So that when I say Second Chronicles and I roll my eyes, you go, Oh, dude, I hate it. I was just reading that the other, you know. You know. If God wants us to teach one another, if God wants us to direct one another, if God wants us to admonish one another, we have got to know the text. We have got to know the Bible. We have got to let it become who we are, that we live and breathe the living Word of God. Because it's a big responsibility to be a teacher. It's a big responsibility to have a chance to admonish somebody. But here's the thing about that so often in in the church and in christian society admonishing is criticizing and condemning so often we take that and and we just point fingers and we say you're horrible you're going to burn you're sinning too much you need to turn from your life and and we just condemn the loudest voice in christianity too often are those that are pointing the fingers and condemning now, look, there's a time to admonish. There's a time to walk up to somebody's life and say, you know what? Alcohol has taken hold of your life and you know it. I love you, man. I love you like a brother. I love you like a sister. But you know that alcohol has taken over your life and you need to stop. God says don't drink so much that you could drunk." I mean, it's in the text. Show me that. I'll show you in the text. to lovingly humbly come before somebody that's the thing is humility I, mean, I don't have everything together by any stretch of the imagination and i know there are things that god is working on me i come to you and i say this is taking hold of your life i can see it from the outside other people see it somebody needs to step up and say something to you a lot of times we are that person god has put us in somebody's life so that we can do that you know what You've been spending too much time away from your spouse. You know what? I've seen how you've been handling your job recently, and you know that it's not ethical. If you pretend to be a believer in Jesus Christ, if you're saying that you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you know better. That's not how we live our life. That's not how Jesus wants us to live our life. I've had people come to me before and tell me, these type things. Man, it hurts. I don't like it. I don't like when somebody comes up to me and they speak truth into my life. One, because I know it's truth. When I hear those words, I know it because I already feel it. Because I already feel that this has got a hold of me or my life's going a different direction than I know it should. And when somebody, when God sends somebody and says something to me, automatically bells go off in my head and go, I know that's not what I'm going to say to that person, is it? What are you talking about? No, 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 no. Okay, thanks. Thank you. Pray for me. Or maybe I'll get angry. What do you mean? Who are you to come to me? Look at your life. What are you doing with yours? Blah, blah, blah. blah. Get that defensive posture. But listen, you know when God sends somebody to talk to you. You know when somebody is coming to you out of humility and out of God breathing through their life and speaking truth into yours if we truly love one another if we truly want to live out this new commandment we need to begin to live a life where we're able to do this to not walk up to somebody and say you're going to burn you're sinning you blah you know the turn or burn scenario but walking up in love and humility and saying you know what you're doing something in your life you shouldn't be doing and then accepting the reaction for whatever it is If God puts it on your heart to speak truth into somebody's life, do it. If God puts it on your heart to step up and to speak into someone's life, do it. If somebody comes up to you, I'm not saying that everybody who comes up to you and says something into your life is going to be correct. I'm not saying that everybody who comes into your life and says, God told me this is really God speaking. So how do you know? How do you know when somebody comes into your life and says, God told me that I need to let you know this. God, I can see in your life this. You need to be in the word, don't you? You need to know God. You need to have the words of Christ dwelling inside your heart so that when that time happens, you know that it is the word of God. You know that it is something that you should change about your life, about your situation, whatever it is. Loving one another sometimes means stepping up to the plate and being the bad guy. This series has been about accepting people for who they are. We've talked a lot about that. It's about forgiving one another. It's about going into the world and serving one another, being the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. It's about admonishing one another and teaching one another the correct way to live But I think if we truly want to grasp hold of this new commandment, if we truly want to be the people who love one another as Christ loved us, we've got to know God first. We've got to listen to the first part of Paul's scripture right there, to let the words of Christ dwell inside of us. We've got to be so in love with Jesus Christ and so in tune with Jesus Christ that our life becomes like his. A rabbi, a messiah, was somebody who went forward and when he said to his disciples, come follow me, he didn't just mean literally follow me. He said, come, be like me. Come, be like me. Everything I do, you do. Everything I say, you say. And if you look how his disciples lived their lives in those early days, if you look at the amazing things they did, they changed the world. they loved one another because they lived their life like christ we have some amazing power that dwells inside of us those of us who have accepted the grace and freedom of jesus christ we have a power beyond recognition of this world <laughs> we have the power that created this world that dwells inside of us it's time that we unleash it let us pray Gracious and Heavenly Father, over the past many weeks, we have spent time talking about loving one another. We spent time talking about how much you have loved us, so much so that you are willing to give your life for us, to suffer an unimaginably painful death, but to raise again, to conquer that death and to conquer our sins so that we may experience freedom, so that we might experience true life in this world. God, you've given each of us the same opportunity to know you. Each of us the same opportunity to live our life for you. Lord, as we all move forward in our different scenarios this this Christmas season, as we all move forward in our different lives, help us. Help us to know those truths that dwell inside of us. Lord, help us to have the courage and the discipline to let your words become a part of who we are, to let your words become who we are so that our life may more and more become a reflection of yours. God, John the Baptist says at one point that he must become less and you must become more in his life. Lord, let us believe that. Let us live that so that when we go into this world, we may truly love one another as you have loved us.